0: church. And uh, many people wrote again uh, to this uh, newspaper and then started the same thing. Yes, I've been to church I'm, I can't remember uh, what was preached and uh, I'm going to stop going to church altogether. Now, how many of you were in church yesterday, last week? Just last week? Okay. Ten of you? Twelve of you? Or more than that? Okay. Now, do you still remember who preached last week? Okay. Do you remember what was preached last week? Okay. Do you remember the text that was used? Uh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> you need to refer. Anyway, a lot of people started writing the newspaper and started saying that, yes, because of this, I'm not going to go to church anymore. It's a waste of time. For a long time, there was all negative reports that kept coming. Then one fine day, a man wrote to the newspaper. He said, I'm 30 years old now. My mom has been feeding me three meals a day for 30 years. And I can't remember what I ate for lunch. So I'm going to stop eating. There was silence in the newspaper. Nobody wrote back again. (laughs) Well, we all know that uh, going to church and uh, fellowship and worship are a very crucial part of our life. Sometimes we don't see the results, but the seeds that are sown continues to uh, bear for fruit. But this statement is a very shocking statement that I found in Desire of Ages, page 83. And she writes, Ellen White writes it this way, many attend religious services and are refreshed and comforted by the word of God. Can you say an amen to that? Refreshed, comforted by the word of God. But she says, but to, through three things, she says. And I'll ask you at the end of today's discourse, what those three things are. First thing she says, but through neglect of meditation, watchfulness, and prayer, they lose the blessing and find themselves more destitute than before receiving it. That means if you lose these three things, or we don't do these three things, prayer, Watchfulness and meditation, we are worse this week than last week by coming to church. All right? So, how many of you want to be worse this week? As compared to last week? One no? No hands? Okay. <laughs> None of us. Right, huh? But these three things are very crucial. For every time the word of God is spoken, these three elements should kick in. Prayer, watchfulness, and meditation. When this tree kicks in, things that have been sown will continue to bear fruit. So today, I'm going to share with you from the book of Isaiah, and I pray that these three things will be our constant watchword, that the book of Isaiah will continue to become alive to us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you this morning we are here. We want to hear you speak to us. Open our hearts, our minds, that your presence will continue to encourage us in our walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Isaiah was a young man when he was called to be the chaplain of this great uh, kingdom. He was about 20s, and uh, the man who called him was King Uzziah. Uzziah was a very loved king. uh, And... uh, but one thing is that he was called to be a king when he was very young. At the age of 16, he became the king. So he reigned for about 52 years. And when Isaiah was called, King Uzziah was the king of Israel. And uh, if you were to turn with me to the key uh, Isaiah chapter 6, and we will look at this text. And from this, we will... See what God is teaching us. Isaiah chapter 6 will be our text that we'll be reading from. And it comes out in the first verse itself was a very discouraging statement. And it says that in the year King Uzziah died. Now, Isaiah was very close to King Uzziah. And this King Uzziah was a very young man, like I said. And you can find this recorded in 2 Chronicles, chapter 26. If you were to turn with me to 2 Chronicles, chapter 26, it tells a little bit about King Uzziah. And here it says in verse 3, 2 Chronicles, chapter 26, verse 3 onwards, it says, King Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 52 years. Now, how many of you are 16 years old here? 16 years old. If the Agong of uh, Malaysia. Do you know who is Agong? Malaysian Agong. You know. <laughs> He's a single man. But anyway, uh, if he chooses you to become the salt or governor of, uh, say, uh, Sultana, better, Sultan of Selangor, and 16 years old, how would you feel? How would you all feel he becoming the king of Selangor? <laughs> Alright? And that's the situation uh, Israel was going through when Uzziah became a king. But fortunately, he had a very wonderful background. Since his mother's name was Jechaliah, she was from Jerusalem. He did, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of the Lord. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. All of us want to be successful, right? In cyber school, we're talking about rewards, good things. All of us, none of us want to have negative things. So for Uzziah, the secret to success is as long as he sought the Lord. And he was wonderfully blessed. Because if you were to read the whole chapter of uh, chapter 26 of 2 Chronicles, it tells about how successful Uzziah was. He says in verse 6, he says he went to war. There was a lot of enemies around uh, Israel. And when he went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Geth, he was very successful in his wars. Verse 9, he says he built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate. So he was a very successful entrepreneur. He could build. Verse 11 says he had a well-trained army. Very strong security he had. Verse 15, he says he made machines designed by skillful men for use on the towers and on the corner defenses to shoot arrows and hurl large stones. So he had very successfully uh, orchestrated his growth. But that success came because as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Right? Yes, he was the one who was executing the success or the receiver of the success, but God was the one who was giving success as long as he sought him. But we wish that was the whole story of Uzziah. But verse 16 says, tells his downfall at the end. But when Uzziah became powerful, His pride led him to his downfall. Reset. Right? As long as he sought God, successes comes. With successes came pride. Humility was lost. Pride set in. And because of that pride, he had his downfall. Even in spite of all this, Isaiah loved him very much. And uh, some writers tell that when Uzziah died, Isaiah wanted to give up. He just wanted to throw in the towel and just walk off. Remember, he was the chaplain, he was the pastor of the whole place, of Israel. And he wanted to give up. But before giving up, he did one thing. Alright, he did one thing. So when you feel like giving up, what would you do? When problems come to us. Issues we face, we face that it's it's a huge wall. We just don't want to face the wall. We just want to run away. What do you do? Do you throw in? Or do you fight? Do you fight, or you flight? Many of us take the easy way out. We take a flight. Flight is in run away. Yeah? Right, But for Isaiah, he was taking the flight, but before that, he went somewhere else. Verse 1 again, he says, In the year that his good friend died, Isaiah saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his rope filled the temple. When Isaiah almost gave up, he found himself In God's presence. He went to the temple before saying goodbye to his calling. He went and met God. But when he met God, something happened. He saw God and he saw God high and lifted up. Now, have you seen God? How many of you have seen God? How many of you saw God today? How do you see God? We are told that there are two primary ways God reveals himself to us. The first is through nature. Right? Primary ways. Secondary, there are seven ways. But two primary ways. Through nature. You know, you go and sit in front of a nice, uh, you know, uh, uh, natural environment. You feel God speaking to us, God speaking to you, right? And somehow you are touched. You say, wow, it's nice to be here. It was good that I was here. Sometimes on Sabbath, we go to a quiet place and uh, maybe a stream or a mountainside or there's gussing hills, (laughs) right? And we see God and we feel that somehow God speaks to us. Nature. Second primary way is through his word. God speaks to us through his word, and we see God through that. These are two primary ways. And we find that when Isaiah was at the temple, he saw God. And when he saw God, something changed in his life. He saw God high and lifted up. And what changed is in verse 5. Can somebody read for me? I want to have someone who has a Bible in Bahasa to read for me next right? First is in English. Second is in Bahasa. All right. Verse 5, what happened to him when he saw God? Can somebody read for me? Verse 5, even the first phrase is enough already. My wife is reading for me? I don't want my wife to read. I always hear her voice. (laughs) I want someone, one of you to read for me. Sorry, Ellen. <laughs> She's got a wonderful voice. She's a very good singer, by the way. Right? Can somebody read for me? What is the verse that says, "Has he saw God? Something happened to him." Why are you so frightened? Okay. Right. <laughs> So when he saw God, he said what? Whoa, it's me. Wow, it's, it's too much. Alright? Now in English, it's a very nice word. But you read in Bahasa and see. Oh, I see. <laughs> you know the word <laughs> It somehow it just uh, you know, it gives me, a, it's, 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 sometimes we don't use that word Commonly, right? And that's what Isaiah says when he saw God. Woe is me. See, when Isaiah saw God, something happened to him which he says is woe is me. But before he saw God, he was totally different also. Turn to chapter 5, and you see Isaiah pre seeing God. And Isaiah chapter 6, post, seeing God. Eh? Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Sorry, Isaiah 5, 8. Can somebody read for me? Don't in Bahasa, English is fine. Woe to you. You guys are horrible fellas. Huh? Because you add house to house, join field to field. You guys are horrible fellas. Verse 11. Can somebody read for me? Quick. You guys are horrible fellows who drink, you know. I have a friend, you know. uh, All they think about is (laughs) beer, right? Anyway, he says here, Woe to those who rise early in the morning, run after drinks, they stay up late at night till they are inflamed with wine. Horrible guys. All the drunks. Bad guys. Bad fellows. Verse 18. Can somebody read for me? Same chapter, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 18. Third woe. Horrible guys. Because they do all these bad things. And he goes on to say, woe unto those, verse 18, verse 20, woe to those who call evil good. Verse 21, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Verse 22, woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks. So he keeps telling, pre-God, all of you are horrible fellows. All of you are what? Horrible fellas. kamu. Pre-God. But when he saw God, the thing was changed. Woe is? Why? Why is that so? Why do we see God and are changed differently? But before we see God, something happens. I'll show you the dynamics. Huh? Ivan, come. <laughs> I've known Ivan for a long time. All right? His, uh, hi, hi, my brother. Hi, my I was knowing him when he was like this. <laughs> now, he's such a handsome and tall man. Right? Now, if I come near Ivan, and I have to see him like this, huh? I see him as a... I cannot compare with him, huh? right? Handsome, tall, smart, smiley, you know? And I feel horrible like I come and see him. Huh? But I stay away from here. Huh? Uh... I look at myself in my mirror. Huh? I look good. La. Handsome, right? That's why my wife chose me. La. <laughs> right? Nice moustache, dark skin, you know, tall. <laughs> well, when I see myself tall, la. when I see Ivan, I'm shocked. The closer I come to Ivan, the more horrible I become. La. <laughs> the further I go away from Ivan, huh? I feel good. Agree, huh? Nah? Sit down. <laughs> so today I ask you, huh? Do you feel good about yourself? Or you feel <laughs> I mean I'm not asking you to beat yourself up, huh? Right? Not to lose self esteem. No, 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 no. I'm asking you to look at ourselves and see when we compare with our neighbor. We are Seventh day Adventists, we are in church, I'm a faithful guy. I am good. You feel better than our neighbor. How many of you feel that way? Huh? I'm the only one? Nobody else, huh? See, when we see God, just like Isaiah, something changes in our lives. See, Steps to Christ, page 64, says this way, pre and post seeing God, huh? The closer you come to Jesus, the more faulty you appear in your own eyes. The more closer we come to Christ, the more wretched we are, or we tend to be. The more further we are away from Christ, the more righteous we tend to be. Wretched as opposed to righteous. So today I'm asking you this question. Do you feel righteous? Do you feel wretched? I want you to just think about it. So Isaiah saw God, instead of everybody else's woe, he looks himself and sees his real situation. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, he tells, when we compare with each other, one with each other, we are unwise. Right? So coming back to Isaiah, he says, when he compared with God, he felt bad. He felt horrible. But that's not the end of the story. In verse 6, something drastic happens in heaven. As soon as Isaiah confesses himself, Woe is me, then something happens in the throne of God. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Very simple steps. Right, huh? But we must see God. When we see God, God doesn't leave us the way we are. He takes us to a level higher than where we are, to his own level. Right? But we must see God. So how do we see God? How do we meet Jesus? Mother Teresa has this to say. Right? says this, I see God in every human being. When I wash the lepers' wounds, I feel I'm nursing the Lord Himself. Now, I know that we have a lot of literature evangelists that go into houses, people's places, right? Wonderful work the are doing, right? Canvases. And you meet with a lot of people, right? And when we see them as Christ or candidates for heaven, then somehow, we see things in their lives itself. So we can see God. So how, question is asked, how and where do we see God? Another person says this, this way. I stopped asking God where you are in all this. And I started asking God, will you reveal yourself to me? So seeing God is God reveal yourself to me on a daily basis, not when you are baptized, right? We have very, very nice experiences when we baptize. Sometime back when I was in PJ Church, there was a young lady that we baptized, and, uh, and she said that when she came out of the pool, she felt what Christ felt, that the dove descending upon him, she felt heaven open. Huh? She felt something uh, significant. Right? At that time, and she still feels that way. A special experience that she had. Right? Some of us have seen God some time back. But how do we see God on a daily basis? Isaiah saw God, and he was changed from righteous to wretched. In Matthew chapter 5, he tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall... In order to see God, we need to be pure in heart. So how do we see God? When we see God, things happen to us. And when we work on what has happened to us, the seraphs, God sends this uh, forgiveness from heaven itself. Because in 1 John it tells, if we confess our sin, finish the sentence. cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise that he makes to us. Right? If we confess our sin. So how do we see God? Again, I know that some of you were in the salt program, and I asked you all to remember five things. How many of you were there? <laughs> you want to see God? Some of you are opening your mouth, right? <laughs> if you want to see God on a daily basis, it's very simple. Right? Five things. But before we go for the five things, remember the first three things that you need to remember? Don't look at your books, huh? Right? In order to remember what God has spoken to you today, right, you need to do three things. Watchfulness. Yeah, How God is working, as well as how the enemy of the soul is also working. Watchfulness. Alright. In the book, Steps to Christ, it's a very favorite quote of mine. Page 70, it says this. Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. So, if you want to see God, what you need to consecrate yourself to God. Right? How many of you want to see God? Nobody. Okay, one person. The rest, okay. all of us want to see God because it will change us tremendously. Right? The Bible says, "Taste and see the Lord is good. Blesses the man that trusts in Him." Right? It's wonderful to have God. Right? But we need to experience Him. So on a daily basis, and she goes on to say these five elements in that. Every morning, our prayer should be like this, she says. Yeah? Our prayer should be five elements. It says, Take me, O Lord, has holy thine. What did I say? Take me, O Lord. I lay all my plans at your feet. Okay? Second one is what? All my plans, wonderful plans, as high as the heavens are from the earth. But God's plans are higher than better than us, But I lay all my plans at your feet. Third, she says, Use me today in thy service, O Lord. So use me. Yeah? Number three is, Use me. Number four, it says, Abide with me, number four. Number five, it says, Let all my work be wrath in thee. Every day, that's a prayer that we should say. If you want to see God on a daily basis. Okay, huh? And she goes on to say this. In the same chapter, page, page 70, Steps to Christ, it says, Each morning, consecrate yourself to God sword for that day. Surrender your plans to Him to be carried out or given up as providence shall indicate. Thus, day by day, you may be giving your life into the hands of God, and thus your life will be molded more and more after the life of Christ. You want to see God? Are you serious? Today's title of the sermon is, Are You Desperate? What did I say? Are you desperate to see God? If you are desperate, you will see so the five elements, she says, on a daily basis. Take me, O Lord, as holy You I Lay all my plans at your feet. Use me today in thy service, O Lord. Abide with me, and let all my work be wrath in thee. So Isaiah experienced this, and something transformed him. And that is the transformation that we all want. And she goes on to say in our High Calling, page 116, she says, your last thoughts at night, your first thought in the morning, should be of him whom is centered your hope of eternal life. At night, morning. So at night, who do we see? Christ. Early in the morning, not your Facebook, not your WhatsApp. Who do you see? Sometimes if we reach for our phone, right? I have this habit of reaching for my phone, right? See the time or not see the message, huh? Right? <laughs> right? But our first thoughts and last thoughts should be of Christ. And she goes on to say, Many seem to begrudge moments spent in meditation and the searching of scriptures and prayer, as though the time thus occupied was lost. I wish you could all view the things in the light God has given me. For you would then make the kingdom of heaven of the first importance. Exit and as exercise increases appetite and gives strength and healthy vigor to the body, so will devotional exercises bring an increase of grace and spiritual vigor. And the final statement says, the affection should be centered upon God. Contemplate His greatness, His mercy and excellence. Let this goodness, His goodness and love and perfection of character captivate your heart. Wow. Powerful words, huh? I have a pastor in... Uh, mission office, and, uh, you know, Pastor Rini, uh, you give him a statement, and he will draw a picture from it. Wonderful skills that he has, right, huh? Wonderful skills, right? Whenever, for me, it's words. For him, he has a picture, he has to see it in picture form. Very pictorial guy. So, these words that are coming out, right, are very descriptive words, Okay, and some of us are very visual people, huh? How many of you are audible, audio, audible? One person there. <laughs> You're okay with me, brother? How are you, visual people, huh? Visual? A few of you. Sorry, no powerpoints. <laughs> okay. right. I see some of you are kind of static. I always like to leave. Okay, all right. but, but it's okay. But but God uses different formats. All right. But this is what she says. alright? It should captivate. Let His goodness and love and perfection of character captivate your heart, converse upon His divine charms and the heavenly mansions He's preparing for the faithful. He whose conversation is in heaven is the most profitable Christian to all around Him. His words are useful and refreshing. They have transforming power upon those who hear them. Transformational power. So this is a beauty that Isaiah gives to us, that we need to see God. When we see God, we will be transformed. But as soon as we are transformed, something happens to us and something happens to in heaven. right? And we need to have this transformational experience on a daily basis, the first thing in the morning. We can't wait till night time. Something happens in the morning, maybe the... Ionizing environment, more oxygen, maybe. I, I do not know. Right? Fresh things in the mind. No, nothing has has disturbed your thoughts. Right? First thing in the morning. Okay. So the five elements are what? Steps to Christ, page seventeen. <laughs> Take me, O oh Lord. Plants. Lay my plants. Three. Use me, number four. Abide with me, number five. All my work, be right in thee. Then she goes on to say, the plans, you see, plans, huh? we might have a lot of plans no, Wonderful plans. Young people have lots of plans, right? And you too should have. But you should lay your plans at Jesus' feet. Yeah? To be carried forward or given up, as providence will indicate. Because to him, to us, there's only one way, you know. To the Lord, there are thousands of ways. His plans are higher than any one of our plans. Right? As high as the he- heavens are from the earth, right? So sometimes we, pray, when we pray, we pray this way. Lord, this is my plan, Lord. We want our plans, no, we want your plan to succeed. Even that means our plan to fail. Difficult, right? For our plans to fail, difficult. Lord. Asking God to make our plans to fail, huh? It is uh, committing suicide, (laughs) right? But that comes only after you ask God, may your plan succeed, even if that means our plan to fail, right? So that's how we continue to see God and God works in a wonderful way in transforming us. A couple of verses that I want to share with you. In Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion in him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Powerful step. Seek him while he may be found. And Isaiah 20, uh, chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek search for me with all your heart. I will be found of you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from all forms of captivity. So seek God. Seek God. question is asked, how desperate are you to seek God? There was a young man who went to a pastor, and he asked the pastor, "Pastor, you've been preaching so much, and I want to see God." As you said, so the pastor said, "Okay, wonderful." And then he gave a few verses for him to uh, meditate upon. And then uh, this young man went back home, and uh, he, the pastor told him to go back home and meditate upon it, and you will see God. A week later, he came back to church, and he told the pastor, "Pastor, I have not saw God yet. I have not, see, I have not seen God yet." So, pastor was uh, thinking about it, and he says, "Okay." Now, you say this prayer that's found, uh, uh, that I've written for you. Go home and pray for one week. One week later, he came back and said, Pastor, I have not seen God yet. Right? And then, pastor told him, You go back home this one week. Let me think about it. One week has passed, and then he came back to church. And then he asked the pastor, Pastor, what is your answer to me? pastor thought for a while, and then he looked behind. There was a baptismal pool behind. Water was there. So, the pastor asked him to come behind. Then the young man said, pastor, I have been baptized already. He says, no, keep quiet. Just come behind. So, he took him into the baptistry, and then the young man stood Can I have a demo? Gabriel, I want a younger, smaller man. Ethan, come. It's us, how desperate are you? If you're desperate enough, God will reveal Himself. It's just that our eyes are closed. We don't see Him as well. So do you want to remember today's sermon next week? What three things should you do? It happens from Sunday to Friday, right? And that's how God continues to reveal himself to us, right? Seek him while he may be found. He says, draw near to me, and I will be drawn near to you. So God wants to reveal himself on a continuous basis. He wants to redeem us. He wants us to make us righteous by making us wretched. And Isaiah tells us this experience that he has gone through. And may this be an encouraging thing for us. question is asked, if you are desperate enough today to see God, you will see him. God bless you all.